Hi there, and welcome to the Love or Leave the Law podcast with your hosts, Adam Ouellette and Casey Berman. Okay, welcome back to Love or Leave the Law podcast. This is Adam Ouellette with Casey Berman, and we are on the third and final part of this series of talking about early signs you're on the way out of the law. Today, we're going to break it down into two uh, subtopics, and uh, we promise we will be done with this section, and we're going to move on after this. Today, we're going to talk about having a lot of resistance to what you're doing as a lawyer. And we're also going to be talking about just being in it for the money. And we're going to touch briefly on the money mindset. So how you can start to change your mindset about money. And some of the future episodes, very near <coughs> episodes, we are going to break down money and talk about it because it is one of the topics that Casey discusses in his Leave the Law program. Um, and it's a big one. Right, it's a big one, Casey, because money and the ability to make a living is a big part of uh, being able to leave the law and having yeah. a career you can move into. But today, let's start off by talking about being in this overwhelmed, stressful state of oh, I just can't stand what I'm doing anymore. I hate this stuff. It's it's awful. I and and it all connects together, right? I mean. Yeah. Not wanting to get up in the morning, not wanting to go to work, being depressed, having some boredom. Uh, that's a sub subtopic of this. But and then the uncertainty part, because you just feel overwhelmed because you don't feel like you belong. And so resistance to me is, as we said in the last episode, pushing against what is. And I know uh, for the first eight, maybe nine years of my law practice and then some into probably years 10 through 12, uh, I had massive resistance to being a lawyer. I resisted other lawyers because a lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them don't have their client's best interests at heart. They are solely in it to make a living and they don't give a shit about their clients and it comes through in everything they do. Their clients don't know this, but I, as the opposing attorney in litigation, could tell this very easily and quickly. And I had resistance in terms of I wasn't using my unique genius because I was sitting doing the same thing every day. I was drafting documents. I was drafting contracts. I was sitting in closings, explaining the mortgage and the note and these this and that, the same thing over and over and over and over. And I resisted that sense that, that it was exactly the same thing almost every day. And then there was a lot of drama. I mean, what I was working on, there was a lot of drama in that there were a lot of people that wanted to be difficult for no reason. They wanted to be assholes. They wanted to not listen to what I had to say. Then there was people coming into my office because I did do a, a fair amount of litigation. And then the family law, I, I, I really put it out there to anybody that does family law, Casey. It is, it yeah. is you've got to have nerves of steel and you have to have uh, the ability to look past people's excruciating problems. But I was resisting all of those things every day, and it was causing uh, meltdowns emotionally, physically. I was uh, creating really bad issues in my yeah. body. I had uh, <clears throat> migraine headaches that put me in the hospital. I had a migraine so bad one day that I could not speak straight. I yeah. uh, went to the hospital. And the doctors were asking me questions, and, and I had such a bad headache 
that I couldn't speak. And um, it was all from resisting what I was doing. It was the last day of the year, and it was normally when we would have a million closings because everybody wanted to get closed the day before the new year because of issues and reasons why we won't won't get into that now um and i ended up in the hospital and i also ended up in the hospital with adrenal problems that still plague me some today because of all the stuff that i went through 10 years plus ago uh heart rhythm problems because of the stress not you're pushing you just were pushing pushing on everything you know and yeah and that to me i knew that we're going to use the term again because it is. They're all signals, signs, a stop sign. And that's why it stopped at a certain point when I realized something was wrong here. I was getting physically ill a lot along with other, you know, colds and flus and stuff like that. I don't get sick anymore. I haven't been sick in years. And yeah. and the, the beauty of it is that I don't resist my life. I don't push against. And so that was a sign to me at the time yeah. that I needed to figure out something else to do in the law or get out. I mean, even five years in, Casey, I had a a really amazing business acumen. I was a master networker. I was uh, very adept at running business even then. And in five years in, I was making, uh, some months I was making $30,000 a month. It was was crazy, uh, the business acumen I built up so quickly because it was in me. And I had a, a background in business too. And licenses to, to sell real estate, lots of stuff that helped me with that. It wasn't just I intuited and you know brought the information in from nowhere. No, I learned it from my mother being in business yeah. and all kinds of stuff. But I was looking to get out of the law five years in, even, well, even before that. But I had uh, set up a coaching company. Uh, even the, I set up an LLC to start to coach people about how to run their business and how to systematize and how to automate even back then because I knew there was signals that something was wrong and stuff needed to change. But part of the problem, and I'll be brutally honest with you, uh, and Casey's heard a little bit about this, but there's some stuff he hasn't heard. I knew things had to change, but I wasn't doing a lot to change them. Yeah, I was learning. I was reading. I didn't really open myself up to the change until I landed in the hospital with some irregular heartbeats. That was the demarcation line. That was the time where I said, holy moly. There was a a fear of death that came over me because here I am laying in this hospital bed with my heart rhythm all screwed up. And I was so afraid of dying at that point in my life because I hit a place where I knew there was something... Not even outside the law. I was knew there was something else even in the law that I needed to continue to figure out. And those, <laughs> the body clearly gave me these signs and signals. Yeah. And this is why we're going to devote a lot more time on the insights and also multiple episodes as we go here about what is stress. How do you work with it? Yeah. How can you eliminate it? Uh, and what it does to the body. And so... It's extremely important that everybody understand and look at these signals and signs that come from the body because the body's saying, hey, guess what? Something's out of line here. And if you continue on this path, it ain't going to be fun. That's right. And so let's talk about, I've talked some about it now, but I want your point of view about how stress and resistance to being a lawyer um, is for you, for 
well, even in your story, it was a it was a sign to you that it was time to get out. So I know, tell them about the resistance you had about being that uh, general counsel in the software firm. And let's talk about that now. I think it's yeah. important to share that story. Well, I think, you know, I encourage everyone to, to listen to the, the earlier podcasts uh, around boredom, depression, around being a fraud, around uncertainty. A lot of it leads into what we're going to talk about today. So go check, check that out when you guys have time. I think, uh, you know, hearing your story reminds me of what I spoke about in the last episode about failing the bar. I didn't end up in hospital bed, but it would definitely was one of those points where you have gone so far that you, you get hit over the head by it. And uh, for me, it was around creating so much certainty in my life that I over indexed on certainty and and uh, the universe had to had to, I had to fail the bar before I was able to look at a blank slate and recreate, recreate my life. And I think similarly with you from a, from a health standpoint, you know, you had to go to the hospital and uh, before you were able to really look at your life again and reexamine it and, and change things. You know, the point of our podcast here is to start talking through ideas so it doesn't get that drastic for people. Right. So people who are listening, don't end up in a hospital bed or That's don't right. have to start over you know, it's it's more incremental is better, um, and so in some ways, and so that's really the the goal here. And by Adam and I sharing our personal stories of incremental growth as well as drastic change, you know, hopefully, and and other people that we know, hopefully, you can uh, you can uh, take those steps now. Um, so that's really the the goal. So it, it was great hearing your story and what how it's changed. I think, you know, when it comes particularly to stress and resistance. Um, you know, it's push and pull. And I've learned that from you. I've learned that from a lot of Wayne Dyer, a lot of other people that I've that I've listened to. I encourage anyone to listen to Wayne Dyer on YouTube, a great uh, kind of coach and motivational speaker and kind of just spiritual insights that he provides. But, you know, it really comes down to when you are pushing so hard against something, whether it's a rock up a hill, like in a Greek myth, or whether it's pushing against your ego, or whether it's pushing against um, who you think you should be or pushing against work that you need to get done, you know, you're going to you're going to have wear and tear. And and how I've done in my life and just to show you, I'm 42 years old, been a lawyer for, uh, you know, 15 years now, 10, 12, 15 years now. You know, this is something that I just really realized uh, this year in, in July, but really kind of letting go. And instead of pushing against everything, I should be an attorney. I shouldn't be an attorney. I should be something else. I need to get this done. My ego here and and all of this kind of trying to control my life and trying to push things into order. It really wasn't until this July, and I've been telling a lot of people this, that I've kind of understood about you know life just being a journey. I've kind of understood about just letting go. And so I think if you are pushing so hard, um, if you're so stressed out and not the good adrenaline hyped up, this makes me better stress, but rather the, oh my God, my life's falling apart. I feel like I'm being eaten. I can never catch up. I'm always behind the eight ball. I'm always behind da, 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 da. If it's that type of stress, um, if it's that type of resistance that you just can't get a control of, you know, that's a sign that you either need to change your process and your system within the law um, which Adam's talked about on past podcasts, and we're going to talk about more. But that's the idea of really finding a new lever, a new dial to turn within the law. Or it's really a sign that you need to look elsewhere. You need to look beyond the law. This is what we talk about, leave law behind.com, and really see a lot of the other jobs that are out there 
the other non-law jobs, the alternative jobs, the other things that you can do where you can really add value. You know, I look at businesses out there that are so manual and so customized and so bespoke, and that's one way to make money. And then nowadays with technology and with all the new things out there, there are a lot of easier ways to make money. And people feel you need to really work hard, no pain, no gain Mm -hmm. to make money. And the goal isn't really the more pain, the more you get paid. It's more of the more you add value. That's right. The more you get paid. Yeah, and this the is going to be a topic. Service. Yeah, we're going yeah, to talk. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot about that topic because I think that's part of the problem why people get into the law is because it is about the money. And so let's let's segue into that topic of you know staying in the law and being a lawyer. A lot of people went to law school because they heard that the the, the same adage of be a lawyer. It's a good living. You could do well. You can help people. And there, there are some people that had altruistic reasons for going to law school, and that is to go and be of service to people and change laws and change uh, whole parts of society. But uh, And that is a possibility for any of us. And my goal to start this business and have Esquire Academy and this podcast is to create small groups of people that can change themselves, which in turn can change the whole profession. And you're going to hear a lot about that. And it may sound a little uh, crazy to you, but it's not because it's been proven in science that this works. But um, the thing about money, and we're going to talk about this in depth, is it's not a reason to be in a career. The reason to be in a career is because you want to help others. And money will always flow, in my opinion, money flows when you are connected to your unique genius, you're being of service to others, and others feel and see that. When people are in stuff for the money, it causes us to only do stuff to make the money. And that will come through in the end. And that's why a lot of law firms um, don't make it. That's why people have to go to work for other people, because they hit a wall where it is just, man, I've got to make a certain amount of money off every client. And I, you know, I listen to a lot of books and there are a lot of teachings out there that talk about figuring out what, what client means to you in the long run and their lifetime. You know what, to me, I always knew that if I put out enough value, and this is exactly what Casey said earlier, and you put up out enough value for people in whatever way that means. And we're going to teach you more about this too. How you can be of value to someone and teach someone and figure out how you can share what you know with your ideal prospects, your ideal clients. Uh, people will find you that way. And they whether, will. And, and, yeah. and you know, Adam, I want to talk about value for a second. It's, you know, people say, well, of service and value, you know, hey, Casey, Adam, you know, what am I going to do? Go to a nonprofit? What am I going to do? Yeah, no, it's not you know, what can about. I do? What, I mean, think about it. I'm, we're actually going gluten free in my house because of allergies with my kids. Do you understand there's all these companies out there, for-profit companies that are selling this gluten-free food. Do you know how much of value that is to me? Do you understand how much value it is that the ultimate entrepreneur, a Steve Jobs or a Bill Gates, you know, they are money-hungry rich people. No, they provide value without my iPhone, without any of our iPhones, without a Word document. I mean, think about Skype, what we're working on right now. I mean, the stuff, the value it provides, and I think, you know, many attorneys, there, a lot of us have this taboo topic about money that, you know, the rich are bad and love of money is bad and everything we've been programmed from the Bible or, you know, the Scrooge movies or so on. 
money is really just it's a medium of exchange yeah. it signifies the value exchange and we're going to get into more adam i know you've talked about tons you've taught me a lot on it and i what i just want to say here when it comes to money is that you know providing value is not just this touchy-feely altruistic thing when you are paid a lot of money because you have a great idea because you've got great transferable skills that just shows that's a reflection of your value and so when you have this resistance to your work, like we talked about earlier, or when you've got this resistance to really uh, uh, not the right money mindset, that's a sign that you're not connecting to wealth and abundance and to who you really are in a way that you should. You know, there's so many of us are good at speaking, we're the adults in the room, we're great at upselling, we're great putting out fires, we write persuasively, we, I mean, I can go on, I've written about our transferable skills, do you know how many companies out there in the world, not law firms, that companies are looking for people who write persuasively, who write well, content marketing, I mean, blogs and social media, they will pay big money for it and we can do it. And when we have this shift of money being something that's really just a reflection of the value that we provide and we, you're, you're, you're damn right, we should get paid a lot of money if we provide a lot of value. When we're able to make that shift, the sky's the limit. Well, and value to me, when I uh, looked at how can I provide value to the people that I do business with uh, effectively as a real estate attorney, because that's what I ended up doing. I always wanted to be in real estate because my mother had been in real estate as a real estate broker for a long time. I had a license to teach real estate school and a broker's license too. And I knew that stuff even before I went to law school. I had a law li- or a license before I went to law school to sell real estate and did it in college in the summertime. But when I really looked at what money was, it's a bargain for exchange. And so what are you bargaining for and exchanging? You're exchanging something that is valuable to another person. And so you're both exchanging value in one way or another. So if I'm giving you money and you're giving me an online program, I'm giving you money and you're giving me groceries, that's a bargain for exchange. And there's value going back and forth. And so to me, what was valuable that I could do for others in my space as a lawyer was to share what I knew about real estate contracts, to share what I knew about uh, litigation and getting involved in litigation and share what I knew with buyers about what to look for in inspections and sellers about contracts and and, and all parties to a real estate closing. I looked and I said, how can I provide tremendous value to everybody involved so that I could be uh, in the best position to be their ideal attorney or be their ideal closing company? And then how can I provide value to some of these small banks that really helped us to uh, be very profitable for a long, long time? And what I did for them is I created a system where I provided a massive amount of personal customer service through my paralegals, through my secretaries, through me helping them solve problems. And then that catapulted into me training people, then training them in person for a long time, and then when video came out like we're doing now, to put stuff on YouTube to where I get people emailing me still, and I haven't recorded any of those videos in in over a year. Um, People still email me, thank you so much for the training on this contract form, and thank you so much for these videos that you've done. And I mean, my law partner did, we sat down and we brainstormed whatever kind of videos we could do to add value to real estate agents' lives because they are the people that would provide us with the referrals. 
right? Casey, yeah. I mean, they were the ones that were our bread, bread and butter. People would gain, um, it would get a realtor and they would trust them and they would say, hey, who should I use for a mortgage person maybe? Or But, but the title company, the title attorney, that's where they would always turn to the realtor. So I right. said, how can I provide value to these realtors so that I can help them do their job better, so that I can help them to create better contracts? And, and that, to me, was the value of the service I provided to them. And it created so much goodwill in people. Yeah that it was uh, an amazing transformation back even in 2007 when the real estate market quote-unquote collapsed. Uh, I took myself from not having much of any business and split from my partner because at that point, my money mindset was the real estate market's bad. Uh, this is awful. What am I going to do? How am I going to live? And, and I knew a lot of the things that I teach now, but I hadn't implemented them. And so yeah. I started implementing these things and I started to change what I believed about money. My yeah. money mindset started to shift. And as soon as I started implementing these things that we're going to teach you, that I do teach in depth, um, that we're never going to get to on a podcast because it's just there's not enough time. But in my Esquire Academy, and I even start to teach people that in Raising the Bar book uh, about intention and shifting your beliefs and looking at what you do believe and understanding that everything comes from your beliefs that made such a difference. And the reason why it made a difference is because as I'm shifting my beliefs about money away from money's hard to make, it's a bad real estate market, all this shit that I was wrapped up in and believing, and I start to think differently, then what happens is ideas starts to start to come That's to right. me intuitively from my heart, whatever you want to call it. We're going to get into this, and it may sound a little weird, but it is really what happened, and it still is what happens this is why we're talking to you on this podcast, because we both listen to our intuition and that guidance that comes from our heart and let go of a lot of these beliefs that have held us back. And that gave me the ideas to do all these videos and to do webinars and record them and put them up on the Internet. And then I was saying that my law partner had recorded a video. She, We went through all of these ideas on what could we do for videos, and, and then we'll wrap up this episode and we were coming up with these ideas, and I looked over at my team, and a couple of them were like, oh, people don't understand wire transfers. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand that. The, the realtors don't know what they are. They don't know how they work. I knew intimately how they worked because I represented banks. And um, yeah. even though I've never been involved in the actual transferring of money, I know how it works. And, and I said, beautiful. So I knew my partner, Candace, knew that stuff. And I said, do a video on wire transfers. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This is some boring shit. <laughs> this is boring. But that video has thousands and thousands of views. And every time I've gone into YouTube to look at yeah. the statistics, the number one uh, of all of these was the, the contract webinar that we did to teach people in Florida on the co main contract that they, we use in Florida. Yeah. Number two, Casey, was this video on wire transfers yeah. because people thought wire transfers were instantaneously oh you click send the wire and the other person gets it no there's all these intermediate steps the fed yeah. blah 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 banks but, wire departments and, all it, and people had a they had a gap to fill they needed right. to know something and this video added value by filling that gap by that's making right. them smart that's right and so my goal is to teach people how to use video how to use automated systems yeah how i can teach you 
because I taught Casey this as well, and, and he was doing a lot of this stuff before I came along. But the fact is how you can use this stuff to add value to your ideal prospective customers, clients, and yeah. how to grow a law firm or even grow your position as an associate in a law firm because everybody has their own uh, company, right? They do. And we'll talk yeah. about more. I read this Brian, in Brian Tracy book years ago, and it really opened my eyes. When I was an associate early on, everybody's got their own company. So it is about transferring value to another person. And it is. it's the goodwill behind that kind of stuff. So when we talk yeah. about money and value, it's more than just showing up to your law firm job every day, no matter what it is you do. It is a lot more compelling and deep than that. So let's end this uh, this episode on that point and understand there's a lot more left to come. If you haven't signed up for our podcast emails that come out every week, and they will be delivered to you timely and with webinars and all kinds of stuff if you're an insider with us. Uh, it's free of charge, and we hope that you will join us on the next episode, which what are we talking on the next episode, Casey, about? Because this is going to be multiple episodes on this topic, and just give them a little idea of what's coming. Yeah, so we've talked about uh, you know the early signs that you're on your way out, and what we're going to get into next is what's really kind of near and dear to my heart and sort of the basis of Leave Law Behind, which is okay, now that you're thinking about actually exploring how to leave, you know what are what are the major obstacles? Uh, what's going to kind of get in our way and and what mistakes should we not make? What should we keep in mind? We're going to touch on fear and identity and a lot of other things that get in the way with some real actionable, thoughts and insights and steps into how you can uh, reduce these obstacles, uh, eliminate them or mitigate them. Uh, a lot will get in our way, it continues to be in our way, but just because there's some obstacles or perceived obstacles there in leaving, uh, it doesn't mean that you, you should throw up your arms and, and, and not leave. So we're gonna dive into this, give you that insight, which will be really helpful to you if you're looking to explore. And it's the actual work that I, uh, I use with my uh, Leave Law Behind clients. Well, and this material that he teaches, I've been through his course. I love it. But the, the thing that most people need to realize when we're talking about leaving or loving the law, because there's a lot of stuff coming up on leaving, and we've talked some about leaving, and there's a lot of stuff coming up on how you can love the law uh, and love life. But a lot of the material that we're going to go through on, quote, unquote, leaving the law is about life in general. We're going to talk about fear in one of the next yeah. episodes. We're going to talk about your identity as a lawyer that never kind of shifts because even now I've been out of the law for about a year now. And even though I still have a law firm that operates and title companies that operate without me, I still feel that identity as a lawyer. And so yeah. it never really leaves us, but the stuff we're going to talk about in general is stuff about life. So don't miss these episodes because you think I'm on a fast track to love the law. And it, no, this is all life knowledge that we both yeah. bring through our uh, clients that have uh, hired us to help them with the consulting and the coaching uh, and uh, programs that we put out. And it's all interconnected. So don't miss an I a episode of this because you think you're on one side or the other. And so when we start talking about love, don't miss that either because it's all about life. It's about life and loving life. It, this is what it really is. For. So it really is. Our value to you is sharing our knowledge and our life lessons, and that to me is how we're offering to you our service, being of service to you. So we appreciate you being here. Thank you, 
and we will see you in the next episode where Casey is going to enlighten us on such a number of things. I'm very excited about it. So we'll see you soon. Casey, any parting thoughts? Thanks, everyone. Uh, listen back to the early signs around boredom, depression, feeling you're a fraud. The fourth one was around uncertainty. And, and the two that we covered today is really looking at uh, you know this resistance, this stress, or really looking at a misalignment with your money mindset. You know, if those are things that you're grappling with, any or all of those, those can be real early signs that you need to adjust uh, your law practice, or it's something that can be uh, kind of motivating you and a sign that you should look, at least begin exploring what other alternative careers outside the law might be a better fit for you. So please check out these episodes, um, email us anytime. We'd love to hear your feedback, or if you'd like us uh, to drill down into any of these topics or to cover something else. So uh, but thanks again. We're honored and flattered to have you as part of the community and just really appreciate you uh, you uh, being part of the podcast.